Oh, is that Tristan? It's his birthday, everybody. Everybody, it's Tristan's birthday. He wanted me to sing happy birthday as Ben Shapiro. Happy birthday to you. Like happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tristan. I want to use your legal name, of course. Happy birthday to you and many more, of course. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. You know, the pro the pro life argument, you know, against abortion should probably start with the premise that that life begins at conception. They should probably stop calling it a birthday. I mean, technically, you're nine months old when you're born. I mean, the, 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 that's all, folks. <clears throat> Happy birthday. So today I'm going to discuss, I'm not making an, just to be clear as you guys trickle in, it's very hard for people to understand the difference between refuting a claim and arguing against something generally. So what I'm going to do is not make an argument against veganism. That's when it gets all all into facts, you know, you know, can we digest this? Can we do all this stuff? I'm not interested. I'm interested in the moral arguments that are presented from vegans. So that's what I want to do. Not, yeah, don't sleep on poor people's sheets. That is a thing. That's a thing. This is a fact, folks. If you want to, if you want to wake up feeling good, even if you're at the bottom of the economic tier system, the best the best advice I can give you is sleep on rich people's sheets. Don't do not sleep on poor people's sheets. Yeah, uh, you feel poor when you go to sleep. You feel poor when you wake up. That's why Bowling Branch offers uh, free market capitalism provides us the ability to to have the illusion that you are above the class that you're in by waking up on Bowling Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com or go to benchapr.com or to dailywire.com and use the code word don't be poor. Oh, we didn't climb to the top of the food chain to eat salad. Yeah, we're going to go over that and all of that. So, just had a burger. So, let's just start with a couple. Let's start with a dumb PragerU uh, meme. Capitalism teaches capital. I'm I. I am Dennis Prager. Capitalism teaches people to be grateful for what they earn. No, it doesn't. Capitalism is is not a thing that can provide value judgments or prescriptive laws. It's simply a system that we don't even really have, by the way, but um, that allows people to exchange value. It does not teach people to be grateful or to be to value anything. It's just straight out false. You know, so Prager, shush, so dumb. It's the dumbest thing. Here's a funny meme. This guy on the left says, damn, what a retard. And the guy says, bro, conspiracy theories have rotted your brain as he gets a Q-tip shoved up his butthole. Okay. Here's one place I want to start this this guy Carter Felder 
Thanks for commenting. But he says, the animals many of us love and treat like family are no different from the animals we eat from. There's nothing in animal products we can't get from plants. Animals as property is immoral. Veganism is a moral imperative. So first of all, he's making a claim. I want to get into the the moral uh, foundation he's talking about. But let's just let's look at how self-detonating this comment is. So the, the starting point is that the he's deriving the value. He's he's deriving the value how to value animals, um, and the th- the animals that he loves. He's deriving it from ownership. You know what I mean? So he's saying that we love and treat like family. Uh, you mean the you mean the animals that you own as property that you treat like family? What? So it's totally self-refuting. You just see it right away. So there's one problem there. He goes on to um, where is one thing he said that didn't make any sense. Um, he goes on to say we need to stop it, etc. Animals should not be property. Uh, Oh, he says animals should not be property because they are sentient beings with their own inherent interests. Well, you have another problem, dude. How, first of all, how do you know, how do you know what an animal's interests are? Second of all, if an animal's interested in being property, how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to deal with the, with the animal that to the best of your knowledge wants to be property? Makes no sense. Here's another one that was just funny. It has nothing to do with uh, veganism necessarily, but he says you can't refute someone else's morality, dummy. Dummy, morality is relative and there's no absolute truth to what is moral and what is not. We all just try to be the best we can. Best is an assumption. Best meaning what? Morally best? I mean, if, if moral, morality is subjective and nonsensical, there is no best. So why are you saying we try to do our best if there's no standard for best? Second, shouldn't you be spending your time exposing corruption? Well, that's a moral claim. You're making a moral claim that I ought to be exposing corruption and that corruption is wrong and immoral and bad after starting with morality is completely illusory and subjective. You understand how retarded some of these people are? Very. So the starting point, first of all, all of the moral arguments I've gotten from vegans are, they'd never justify them. They ju- they go from, well, emp- you know, morality is based on empathy. That's untrue. Empathy is an involuntary signal to the brain that tells us a likely feeling that someone else is feeling outside of us. A lot of times it's a projection and we're wrong. We can often be wrong when we feel the delivery system, the signal of empathy. Also, empathy cannot be the basis of morality. If morality is a choice based on choice, empathy, if empathy is involuntary, then empathy is not the basis of morality because it's not a choice. And if, if, let's just say, if empathy was the basis of morality, then if I was walking down, you know, down an alley and saw someone being raped and uh, brutally murdered, as long as I felt empathy, I would have completed and achieved my moral duties for the day. 
if empathy is the basis for morality. So obviously empathy isn't the basis of morality. Empathy is useful for discerning what might be going on outside with another person. But that's not absolute. You don't know if you're right. You can be calling back a memory that looked familiar to this person crying and thinking, you know, oh, something's wrong. Maybe they're crying from joy. You don't, you don't actually know. So the empath, empathy is not, uh, you know, if, if morality exists and is, must necessarily be an absolute law, then empathy as the basis can't be wrong ever. And we know empathy is wrong a lot of times. Therefore, it's not the basis of morality. Um, the other part is this, this funny paradox I thought of. We are, we are the governors of the animal, uh, the animal kingdom. We, we, are, we have dominion over the animals. <clears throat> and without appealing to Bible, because a lot of these the atheists, vegans will, will start straw manning. So let's just leave that part out. We won't appeal. Let's just start with the claim. Animal, um, animals are under human dominion. Okay. If a, a, a vegan says, no, they're not. He is appealing to that being true. In other words, by simply speaking for the animals, you're, you're actually exerting dominion and authority on their behalf. The only way for the, the claim humans have dominion over animals can be refuted is if a lion starts talking to you and going, well, it's not actually true and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to logically tell you why and I'm also gonna kill you. And then I'm gonna take over all your systems and then lions will be sitting around on Instagram debating the more moral consequences or moral relativism or all this bullshit on uh, on their own app they are not the the very fact that humans are peculiar to these arguments of debating what is, what is the moral character what is the moral um you know value of of life and on what scale and when is it when is the threshold become okay to uh, to consume or kill animals, so um, it's nonsensical. So if so, if you say animal uh, humans have dominion over animals, and someone says no, they don't, you already won the conversation, the the debate, because they can't actually argue otherwise without proving you right. Okay, I've debated a lion before, so. So there's, yeah, so there's empathy and then the, just the baseline, um, you'll often hear, um, you know, animals are sentient beings and they have their own, like that guy said, they have their own interests. Like you can't possibly justify that, um, because it's you as a human who's then interpreting your idea of their interests anyway. It's like those vegans who say my dog's vegan. You know, it, all they're doing is projecting their own interest onto an animal that can't possibly have thoughts about thoughts. So this term sentient being, there's no animals that think about thoughts and moral values and grapple with uh, philosophy and logic and, and how to better organize society and how to even determine or discern or define what better even means. They don't give a shit. They don't care. When they start arguing the same arguments, then we'll be like, well, yeah, well, now they have to, now they have their own logical worldview. 
And then the other arguments are from vegan, from commonly from vegans is that, um, you know, taking, um, you know, slavery or animal captivation or all these, all these things are immoral, you know, and they just say it, but they don't say on what basis they never, they never justify on what basis it's immoral. They just say it is, you know, because it's wrong. The, the animals have their own agency. That's no, that's just, that's just a claim. Now you have to say, you have to tell us on what basis is violating agency if they indeed have it. Uh, on what basis is it immoral? And you will never get an answer. Never. You won't get one. You refuted your own argument? That's not an argument. What are you talking about? I didn't refute my own argument. I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't even make an argument. I'm making a counter to an argument. So I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. You can't, don't waste your thumbs by just saying stuff. Say what the argument was and what the contradiction was, and I'll address it. The less processing of your food, the better. Well, I would agree with that, but only based on assuming first we establish what better means. So processed food, that's the other straw man that these people do is that if you make an argument against uh, a vegan claim, they suddenly go, oh, you want to say you want to cut animals throats and do farm, you know, massive mass production factory farming. You're like, no, no, you could be against factory farming for a variety of reasons, moral and, you know, potentially moral and not moral and not amoral, but that's a straw man. That's just, re- that's just setting up your opponent to, and representing them to be for something they never said they were for. So there's no like gray, there's no gray area. A lot of times they just assume, Oh, you oh, you like McDonald's? No, no. So yeah, less processing of food is better. If you want nutrients, if you want the best caliber, the, the highest density of nutrients, um, that you can get. Yes. <clears throat> My cat wants to be eaten. Yeah, they have their own interests. They have their own interests. Grass-fed meat is the best. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to my butcher who cuts up meat for a living and sells it to me. Um, And he was saying there's a lot of, like, promotion on grass-fed stuff. Whereas if we're talking about, like, a filet, grain actually produces, like, a better, tender buttery marbleness. You hear that vegans? A buttery marble like fillet with butter. <clears throat> Bill Gates Bill Gates wants bug burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's weird. A lot of the, you know, aside from vegans as a collective, a lot many don't realize that their entire movement is funded by capitalists who make just as much money, uh, on, on, uh, on mass production of shit food and factory farming. And that the whole idea is to sequester the entire food supply chain. 
veganism, regardless of how well you feel or good you feel about it and you're, you're feeling, you know, you feel like you're helping yourself and other people by sharing it, fine. But if you don't understand that your entire movement's been co-opted, then you have to look further and learn how to, you know, distinguish yourself from that movement and understand uh, what's being pushed, you know, and why that movement is and why and how that movement is used as a tool, a useful tool to basically abolish uh, farming and to consolidate farming and the supply chain of food. And it's already happening. Uh, I mean, vegans are only going to help that. If you're a vegan, you, I invite you to uh, put the meat versus uh, food aside and unite with people who want more organic food, including uh, um, meat, and um, try to fight for your, your own ability to grow things. And to and to have it uh, to have the freedom to actually have some level of control over your food, because that's ultimately the game. And just like politics pins lefty versus righty, Democrat Republican, the 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 people who want control over the food supply pin they deliberately make sides so that you fight a a subpar sub important uh, fight meat versus vegan. And this goes for meat eaters too. Um, and while, all the while, the entire supply chain of production gets completely taken over by corporate and government agencies while you're fighting. So it's like, first and foremost, if you're making arguments about food, the first and foremost unifying principle should be have agency over the food that you grow and consume first. Then argue meat versus veganism, all that stuff. If you lose the first part, it doesn't matter what you think of veganism. It doesn't matter what you think of meat eating because you won't have a choice. You just won't have a choice. And that's that's the trajectory. And I feel like this, while the while the back and forth is fun and there's some useful stuff in there, moral, moral stuff, or just, you know, fundamental, um, information about nutrition and whatnot. But beyond that, there's a much larger paradigm that threatens, um, wherever you are in the, in the food revolution. Just, just understand that, you know, I eat plant-based cause I hate eating meat. Yeah. Very honest. Yeah. If you're a vegan, I recommend you don't make moral arguments for being vegan. You know, just stay away from that because it's just, it's just nonsense. It's all nonsense. Depends on what you mean by healthy, you know? It's like, I get all these vegans attacking me, you know? It's because I eat just raw beef, you know? I just take a bite. I don't even ask what animal it is. And that's a part of my choice. It's like some days I just wake up and, you know, I've been sleepwalking a little bit. So, you know, I scared my, my daughter one night because I was there standing in her door doorway and I had blood dripping down my face. I 
I was like Jordan Van Peterson. Van Peterson. It was like, you know, it's really, it really frightened her, you know. But once she, you know, gained focus and understood what was going on, she was like, where is it? You know, is it in the kitchen? Is there any left? You know, and that night was, you know, was a big party for us, you know. Eating bugs assumes authority. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing. The whole agency over, over, over animals. It's like animals are equal to us. Why are you arguing that then? Cause you're speaking on their behalf. Like obviously if they need you to talk for them, you're already above them somewhere, some level. Yeah. But it's only cause we can talk. If they can talk and talk and think, then they would say that. Yeah, but they can't. We're not talking about what if they were humans. Why, why don't you just say, if animals were humans, we would value them the same. Because that's all you're doing with the hypotheticals. Yeah, but if, if, they were, if they can think and talk like us and write and do math, then, you know, then we would value them. Yeah, that's not the case, though. We don't, that's not what reality is. Let's see some questions. Yeah, and if you have a some counter to me, don't just say you stand yourself yourself. Write it in a question, and I'll read the question. Write it very clearly. You said this, but this or whatever. You know, use your language. Be a, be a big boy. Why should we not kill other humans and eat them? Well, I've never. I've never considered eating a human. I think the best reason is because you can just eat animals. I mean, you don't even need a, a moral argument uh, to to answer that. Animals, animals are here, and we can eat them instead of humans. The other argument that I f- saw that was really stupid. Someone said, if we were meant to eat meat, we would have had claws... And um, our uh, natural ability to kill and hunt them. And you're like, that is the dumbest argument. First of all, we have, it's not even true. We have a brain. Our brain gives us the ability to not have to use claws and other things that other animals have to do. Uh, because we're, we have a brain. The brain is the weapon. Yeah, but. And then it's like, uh, if that was true, that would be like arguing you shouldn't you shouldn't fly on a plane because you don't have wings. You know, we weren't meant to fly if you had to build an airplane. The dumbest, dumbest arguments. And then one guy said, well, gorillas, gorillas eat plants all day. You know, they don't eat any meat. Well, that's not true. They eat insects. But let's just say it was true, even though it's not. Well, they have a very specific enzyme and stomach structure that allows them to digest rapidly and convert cellulose leaves into protein, carbs, and, and uh, or calories and muscle mass. Immediate. They, their stomach, we don't have that. So if anyone tells you, but the gorillas do it. No, we're not gorillas. You're going to borrow a gorilla's stomach? No. So don't let people do that, that weird ass we're also a gorilla. We're not gorillas. 
And then someone tried to change the definition of an omnivore. They were like, humans aren't omnivores. And I'm like, I'm a human and I eat plants and animals. And they're like, yeah, but there's a difference between the definition of an omnivore and being an omnivore. I said, I eat animals and plants. That's an om- I'm an omnivore. That's what I'm doing. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to really eat plants or uh, animals. Or I'd have like a strong aversion at least. So it's like, you can't, you can't just, and then they're like, no, but you were programmed. I'm like, well, then you have an argument against nature's programming. You know what I mean? Then you have an art, then you have to justify why programming is not a part of nature. You could just say the same thing about everything, every other animal that eats anything. Well, they're programmed, you know, their, their environment programmed them. They're not really they had to eat that. It's like, here's what I, my take on veganism. It's a, it's like a luxury. It's like the moment scarcity shows its face, veganism's gone. The moment food scarcity shows its face, veganism is gone. Gone. Well, I just had a temporary lapse. I couldn't, I had to, I had to. No. Did you miss the moral argument? Yeah. Yeah. The assumption that meat producers are evil is rubbish. Well, the problem is you're always, you're getting these claims always from a secular humanist perspective. They can't grant. They have no moral arguments. They they can't present a more a, co- a coherent moral argument. So it's like all you have to do is go on what basis, and they'll just go into tautologies. They'll just go well. It, it hurts them. You're like oh, is suffering? That's another argument from them. It's the same as Sam Harris. Well, this is the this is the big um, knockdown argument against this particular position, the position that um, eating meat, producing meat consumption, etc., is evil because it causes unnecessary suffering and death. That's the stance, and the assumption is that's immoral. They don't justify on what basis it's immoral. The, the suffering part, they really, they really harp on a lot. And so it's pretty clear. Okay. So let's take, I, I'm not pro factory farming, not because it's brutal and, uh, I would say cruel and that's absent a moral stance. That's just, that's what it is. It's unpleasant. Um, I would rather a local butcher and, uh, know where the food comes, the animals live, uh, a nice existence and they don't suffer when they die. Um, but aside from that, when they say suffering is the basis of the immoral uh, practice, <clears throat> all you have to do is say, well, okay, so let's say big pharma, Pfizer gets into the ma- the uh, the meat business and they say, we did something great. We created this chemical pill injection that removes the experience of suffering from, from animals. Uh, they, it removes pleasure and pain. They are just meat puppets. So is factory farming still immoral? 
is suffering, if you remove the suffering, if you remove the part of the brain that delivers pain transmitters, uh, if you remove the part of the brain that remembers trauma, is it su- can, uh, will a vegan say then, well, yeah, now factory farming is totally fine. They, they got to the point where neurologically they could remove the thing. Then they'd have to actually accept uh, that that was fine. Simple. I mean, it's the same argument against, you know, Sam Harris. Not only the, I'm just, I'm just following the logic. That's a one way of refuting it. The other way of refuting it is going on what basis is suffering immoral? Well, it hurts. No, that's a tautology. Now you're saying being hurt is immoral. Why is being hurt immoral? Because it causes unnecessary pain. Okay. Why is causing unnecessary pain immoral? Because I mean, if I have to tell you, you clearly don't know what morality is. That's all. That's all you'll get. That's all you'll get. I think the most stupid argument is to say that veganism is less harmful to the environment. Yeah, but it's even at the, you know, at the paradigmatic level, there's still a presupposition that hurting the environment is immoral too. So they're always stuck making a moral claim. You know, these people, they they eventually get to the place where they realize they're moral beings. They have to eventually make a moral claim. They might even be right about the claim. It's just that they don't have a justification for the claim. And that's really what I'm interested in. So when the Alex, uh, the young British dude, this cosmic skeptic says, oh, it's all about empathy. Well, I've already debunked empathy as the basis for morality. Oh, it's about well-being. That's been debunked over and over by atheists. Why well-being is not the basis of morality. Simple. But they can't help it. Why? Because we're moral beings. We know, we, we presuppose and accept morality. It ends up being the only um, variable, the only tool, the only reference for making any claims about what should be in the world and what we, how we ought to behave to each other and to, and to animals or to, to anything, to ourselves. And so no worldview go, you know, goes without it. I mean, even the worldview that some like a Buddhist who just reject all of it, you know, it's all oneness, you know, it's all oneness. Even that has a moral claim underneath that says oneness is good, that we ought to pursue oneness. So it's like, it's inescapable. And once the materialists, so it's actually a good news that all of these movements and these worldviews eventually collide with the moral plane is because it, it it's necessary to reveal the truth of the matter, which is everybody eventually appeals to morality. And then they have to f- deal with having to answer to on what basis, on what basis. And uh, that's where they get real squirrely. And they don't, they're like, I don't have to. I don't have to answer that. That morality can be argumented with, but there are definite facts that vegan vegan is mostly good for the environment. No, good. No, it it doesn't because you're saying good. You know, like good. How? Like, is it? You know, are you replacing good with like workability? And if so, that's arbitrary because you're creating a 
a, um, a standard, you know, you're creating a standard. You're assuming there's a standard of good. So if it's not a moral good, it's an arbitrary good. It, good for who? Good for wh- which things? Which items? Whose goals? Good for whose interests? Obviously, you're going to have to run into some problems and then you're going to have to whittle it down. And what's going to be inevitable is it's going to be good for something or somebody and not good for another person based on the standard. So you those two, uh, the word, it's unfortunate that the word good has been, has been kind of developed as synonymous with efficient um, or, or like uh, performance, you know, a good, a good was the, was the football team good last night? This, when was it? I don't watch a bunch of giant black people chase each other with a, you know, the <clears throat> little leather ball and tights. Um, <clears throat> but were they good? I don't know. High performing or were they morally good? A lot of those things get conflated. So good for the environment. You have the same problem if you're assuming uh, we ought to pursue some level of efficiency or, or some workable system. You know, it's just you can't get away from it. So if if you're a vegan and you're assuming that animals have their own agency and interests, then you if you're consistent, should remove yourself from speaking on their behalf. There's no way around that. Yeah, but they can't speak. Well, then what are you talking about? Yeah, but I'm going to, I have to speak for them. I'm speaking for them. They want, they, I'll just say they want to be owned. I'm interpreting them. Uh, They want to be owned and taken care of. Uh, they want a good life that's that's nice and pleasant, and then and then uh, and then they want an air gun to their head so I can feed my entire family. <clears throat> so that's what they want. You know, I'm the I'm the cow whisperer. Who are you? Yeah, but they want what I want too. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why your dog's vegan, right? Because it chose to be, and it's like you know doing posts. And what's with these? vegan men taking a lot of photos with their shirts off, like with, you know, blistering oiled up bodies. It's like, what, what? Like, they're like, like, what? Why? Why? They're saying we're exploiting animals by eating them. Well, they're exploiting animals by protecting them. Animals rip others open and eat them alive. Vegans justify that. Yeah, they do. They're sentient beings. That's a, that's the other thing. When people say animal rights, I had a meme once like last year and it was like, we need to protect animal rights. And the other person said, 
do animals protect our rights? No, animals don't have rights. I, it's arguable that humans don't even have rights. So it's like this idea that animals have rights and you're appealing to a justice system, right? Because you're, you're arguing for policy, right? Humans, you know, rights. You're, you're appealing to a government policy legislation and ultimately force. And so if you're going to do that, then you better start charging the lion for unnecessarily ripping the mommy zebra's head off and eating it in front of her family. Because it, it didn't need that. Why? Well, because there was some watermelon down the street. So when are the activists for animal rights going to start charging animals? If animals have rights, they better respect rights if they have rights. No, they don't know they have rights. Okay. That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest. What is your opinion on those women who eat umbilical cords? I think that's pretty smart. I mean, it's rich in nutrients. Some people make soups. You could turn it into pills. Um, you know, I wouldn't argue animals do it. That's a shitty argument. Um, but uh, the reason animals do it is a fair argument. It's rich. It's, it's the thing that takes all of the nutrients uh, and goodness from the mother what the mother eats and it all goes into that little crazy alien sack. And, uh, so if there's a way to consume it, you might as well, if you're not totally grossed out, my milkshake brings all the umbilical cords to the, Oh, it's the cord or the placenta. I'm sorry. I, I, um, I didn't know they eat the cord too, but I assume there's must be something in there. I would actually make a milkshake out of the placenta and use the cord as a straw, like a curly straw, like a really long one. And that would probably be the best use of the umbil umbilical cord. Yeah. Long uh, swirly straw. And um, I don't know. You could probably cut a section off of it and fuse an intersection and have like a double mouthpiece or triple mouthpiece swirly straw. So that would be... Uh, I would do it. What is objectively wrong to kill humans? I don't know, MBJC. You're the one who said morality is subjective, so nothing, right? Nothing's wrong. <clears throat> what about the claims that it causes suffering? Yeah, I went over that. Uh, you're, it's, it starts from the, uh, the assumption that causing suffering is immoral. And so um, you got to ask the the often secular vegan on what basis is causing suffering immoral. And obviously I just went over, I don't know if you were here for it. <clears throat> that just means if you remove the transmitter that allows us to experience suffering or pain, then anything goes. So Sam Harris's ultimate embodiment representation of a moral landscape at its peak would be a society of animals and, and humans who are lobotomized and in a perpetual state, well, not fully lobotomized, lobotomized from suffering in a perpetual state of, um, of intoxication and bliss floating in a, uh, a, uh, one of those like float tanks. Because if you logically follow the end, you couldn't argue based on that, 
that model, that that's, isn't the most moral uh, outcome to pursue, regardless of how you get there. You know, and that's the problem with trying to base morality in the physical world in an outcome. And that goes for uh, um, theocracies too. You know, the, the ultimate trick that um, religious people will play on themselves is to, to buy into the idea that they can actually uh, fabricate a moral outcome in the world. It's antithetical to their own beliefs and it's logically incoherent because morality is an immaterial, absolute prescription, uh, prescription. So, um, so only logically it follows that you can't actually, um, materialize, you can't materialize it. The whole point of it is that it's unattainable. You cannot obtain perfect moral standing. And you're not the ultimate judge, which also makes sense because you're not an absolute being. Should severely mentally retarded human beings with no faculty for responsibility have rights in your view? Yeah. But But again, rights, it's like... I don't really, that's a, that's a lawful legal argument. It's not uh, transcendental. It's so in a way I, I should backpedal on that because I really don't accept the premise of rights. Um, I think rights are a linguistic uh, utility to transfer absolute, um, you know, like the gift of life, basically, into legalese uh, terms, into man's feather pen, I call it. And so on, a, on its face, I don't really accept the concept of rights because you ultimately appeal to a governor or a, a, another man to then be like, eh, I'm protecting my rights. And then they decide whether it was justified. Well, it was right. The rights, the rights were there. So you had your rights. It's It's useful to create order and law, but, um, on a spiritual level, on a transcendental level, on a metaphysical level, I, I don't think rights are, uh, a real thing. I don't think they're real. Not to say that immaterial things can't be real because we do interact with numbers, laws of logic, um, a number of immaterial concepts that we just accept on face value, like truth itself. You can't materialize it, but we accept it. So rights are in that gray area for me. Like, I used to be all about that. You know, I used to be like Ben Shapiro and be like, they're right, the founding fathers, they created rights. It was amazing. And they included the creator in there. So I said, that's all, folks. And it's like, they do that. And that's what's so great about the founding fathers. They had all these feather pens and different colors. And I, oh gosh, it must have been great to be in that room. It's like, it's like they had tights and these little pants and they had these little clog shows and they all wore wigs and it's just something that I would love to experience at least. They should probably do like a, you know, like some sort of reenactment of it and I'd probably go. You know, I'd love to debate a 17-year-old Marxist, you know, in front of a lot of people and have it go viral and me be wearing one of those wigs, you know, so, so, so I'm not very good at calligraphy. In fact, I don't do any of my own writing. I have someone type it for me and I talk. 
So that's good. That, that's what the free market allows, is that for me to do nothing and for a slave to do everything for me. That, 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 that is the American dream. Sorry, I almost went too long. I know you guys are like, don't go too long with Ben Shapiro. <clears throat> What's my favorite type of meat? Um, sushi and filet mignon, without a doubt. When you talk about rights, you have to dis differentiate between negative and... I don't really accept positive rights. You know, I don't accept rights on a whole, but definitely positive doesn't make any sense. That was like another inversion where like, yeah, they're positive rights. <clears throat> I don't buy it. And I don't buy, uh, you know, a lot of the vegans will probably, I mean, if they're like sort of like libertarian leaning vegans, uh, non-aggression principle, they're all, they'll often use them like, yeah, again, go talk to a lion about the non-aggression principle. <clears throat> and they also use natural law and natural law is not an adequate basis for what we ought to do. <clears throat> it only is... Uh, a good descriptor of what is what reality is what's going to happen so an honest person who defends natural law shouldn't assume moral stances they should just assume uh, might is right basically and just say well if you do this you might die or get killed but if you take the risk and you and i you don't get killed and you win and i get hurt or killed then all is fair and that's the most honest approach to that but they never are honest because they're moral beings. They can't help but assume and feel and know deep in their hearts and minds that uh, morality exists. How does a man handle having an addiction to philander and yet is disgusted by... I don't know. I don't know what that means. Disgusted by pot, like you have an addiction to sex, and you're you don't like poly polyamorous people. I don't know. Just concentrate on something good, like learn guitar or paint or something. Do something good. Buffalo is good. I've had buffalo. Can morality be justified logically? Yeah, it can be justified coherently, but ultimately you're left to faith just like truth. So if you say, can truth be justified logically, you'd run into circularity. If you say, can the laws of logic be justified logically, you'd be running into circularity because you'd have to appeal to logic. Same with science and math and language and meaning. So at every logical system, you're eventually going to run into circularity. And that's... Um, that claim is actually justified mathematically if you look up uh, Kurt Gödel's um, incompleteness theorem, which basically, paraphrasing, um, is that all logical systems become circular and need to appeal outside of themselves. So everything in the end uh, le leans to faith. You can't reason yourself to absolute truth. You have to assume it first. You have to have faith that there's something called truth, even though you can't see it. You can't materialize it. You have to assume laws of logic are uh, exist, even though you can't pull them out of the air. Uh, numbers, math, language is circular. So, I mean, 
things can be justified or 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 at least argued coherently. Um, but again, everything eventually comes to faith, even if you don't believe in God. You're 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 left to presupposing something is true without any justification. And I think that really is the unifying reality before you approach a higher power, a higher mind, any of these things, simulation theory, all this stuff. It it doesn't really matter at that point, but, but no one can escape that they presuppose and presuppose really is in my view, a fancy philosophical word exchange for faith. It's an assumption. You, you have faith in it. Do you believe morality is subjective if you don't believe in objective rights? No. No, because morality can't be um, based in like a dude setting up a law because you can change what rights are, you know? You know, without a transcendental source, um, you rights can be just rewritten, you know, with a pen, with a feather pen. But no, morality can't... Morality either exists and is absolute or morality doesn't exist and it's illusory. There's no morality is subjective. That's a nonsensical uh, statement because you can't even start the statement without assuming that there's something called morality. And if there's something called morality, it needs a standard. Therefore it can't be, you can't even claim its subjectivity without isolating it. You know, unlike like taste, you know what taste is good taste or preferred taste, a descriptor of taste, a preference of taste is subjective. So the stance, I mean, just on its face, it's, it's retarded, but even further down the line of argumentation, uh, it's like, if morality is subjective, then no one's model can be wrong. That means any form of atrocity isn't actually wrong. It's just unfavorable of the times, you know? And so that means if you believe that, then you're not really talking about morality. You're talking about acceptable customs and behaviors. Not You're just calling it morality, but to be honest about it, you shouldn't even call it morality if you really believe that. You should just call it like the behavior of the times. Whatever's like, whatever's acceptable now is just, is fine. It's not good or bad. It's just... It might be unpleasant, but uh, you can't you can't actually claim it's immoral. No way, consensus. Yeah, yeah, preference, consent. Yeah, that the whole thing gets people use that term. They want to use that term. That's why all these like the horsecock atheists, um, they always they can't help it. You know, Dildo Dawkins, he just can't help it. Well, telling a, a child that they're going to burn in hell for eternity is uh, deeply immoral. Is immoral, immoral, morality real? No, no, of course not. It's, it's just a figment of a, uh, uh, we created it. And nom, nom, nom. Okay, so why, then what are you talking about? Well, it's deeply immoral. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, scared the little kitties. Yeah. But, but, yeah, telling them that they are made in love and there's an ultimate creator who loves them and, and, that, and that all the things they feel is true about their, their parents and their loved ones uh, in the immaterial realm is nonsense. 
And it's abusive to tell them otherwise. But, but however, telling them they are, their life is useless and, and they're meaningless. And they are just simply a bundle of molecules. Just, just smashing together like a placenta milkshake. That, that is not abuse. That, uh, that's not deeply immoral. That, uh, tell them they are, they are nothing. They are floating in, in, a, in an empty void vacuum of, of, of pitiful indifference. Yes, mm. that is much better to tell a child. My, my daughter, uh, she, she, she often stops me while I'm working. And, and I say, oh, what do you want now, pest? And she says, Daddy, do you love me? And I say, oh, yes, I, I chemical you. Yes, love is just, just, a, just an abnormal chemical reaction to build trust and, and, and to, to make, make us work together. Yes, mm. that's what it is. And I, yes, sweetie pie, yes. Uh, I chemical reaction you very much. Now, now leave. Daddy's working. Daddy's working. Vegans have faith that killing animals is wrong. Yeah, but but they have to justify it. You know, you need reasoning. You need reasoning. Before you have faith in killing animals is wrong, you have to justify a whole other shitload of things. Like um, that logic means anything. That argumentation means anything. You have to justify all the preconditions for even being able to explore knowledge and truth itself. I mean... There's so much more that's being said when someone makes a claim like that. And um, vegans don't have it. I chemical reaction, you sweetie pie. Mm. I, you're, you're, you're just... You're just, just a tiny speck of, of molecule. Yes, just particles. Yeah. Part, particles, particles... I know, I know you want to play. I know you want to play with daddy. You want to daddy, but daddy's studying. His daddy studies the little crabbies and how they pinchy. And I like how they pinchy. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really like the feeling of hugging. It's, it's, it's very, I don't like to be connected to the idea of love, unconditional love. It's just, uh, it's not scientific. It's an illusion. Yes, the God delusion is the love delusion and the truth delusion. Yes, I, I see a whole series for myself in the future. Yeah, love delusion, truth delusion, hug, hug delusion. Yes. So, yes, yes, I will hug you for convention's sake. But, but, uh, it's just, I just don't want you to put any faith in, in, in some unreasonable idea that, that, that the hug actually means anything between you and I. It's just merely flesh, flesh on flesh, yes. But the crabbies, however, there are something very deep and fractal about their flesh, their, their, their workings. Look at this claw. <clears throat> Jim Bob, have you read The God Delusion? Yes, I was a big Dildo Dawkins fan. I was an atheist materialist for 16 years. And uh, boy, is that guy a retard. Hugging is a social structure, yeah. Hugging... That's a, that is, these, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot abide by social contracts, constructs. Yeah, but Dildo, that, that statement's a social construct, so should we abide by, not abiding by it? Well, now you're playing word games with me, yes? Now you're, you're playing word games with me, yes? 
Do you believe people that die travel to another body? I don't think so. Violates the law of identity because if there's a body, then someone else was in the body. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. Man, that's absolutely absurd. <laughs> oh, daddy, daddy, where's daddy? Sometimes I want to believe in a daddy. Oh, you believe in a sky daddy? Is that what it is? Yes. Well then, well then, well then, who created God? Oh, I got you. I got you. Hell. Well, well, dildo, nobody claimed God is material of space or time. Well, I mean, I mean, spaghetti monster. I win. I win. Spaghetti monster. Yes. 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 Actual thoughts on Peterson? Um, well, I think he's a, he's kind of like a, a charlatan. Um, he's a self-help guru of sorts. He is, um, he is the urban outfitters of, of, uh, philosophy and psychology. So he's a product. Um, does he help men specifically out of facing South nihilism? I think, yeah. Does he face them north? No, he faces them east and west in an ever-ending, indiscernible uh, um, pattern back and forth. So I think that's kind of where he goes wrong is that he takes people out of nihilism and puts them into utilitarianism and pragmatism. And then he refocuses their energy on the self, on, on helping your mind being, being in your head. That's the safest place a man could be is in his own head, you know? It's like, what? No, not, no, not true. Um, so yeah, there's some philosophical problems, but I don't hate him or despise him. I like to make fun of him. Um, and I like to counter some of his stuff, especially on his posts, because all of his little lobs, his prawns come running and they're like, don't make fun of my daddy. Um, but otherwise I think he has, my sense is that he has a really, uh, strong, passion for pursuing the truth and he got caught up in in the game the beast game he got co-opted he signed contracts with people and ultimately it uh it wrapped him up in a package that he wasn't necessarily maybe on board with and that's an assumption it's a theory i don't know for sure but i think that i think that so um i uh i wish him well and i hope he pursues truth and uh, I hope he finds God, honestly. <clears throat> he seems burned out. Yeah, he's burned out. I think he's burned out is probably the best way of putting it. So, and, you know, regardless of what you think of the culture of him or his daughter and all, everything he's connected to, all his, like, Joe Rogany, just this weird... It's a very secular materialist world um i actually like to see what they're doing i like to see his, his daughter try to not put him back into the machine but like 
reformat what he's doing and have like a sit down calm thing on the couch where he can just be his intellectual self just like I am in a in a toaster car Prius and um I like there's good things that I see about that where I see the family aspect you know I see the care and the love regardless of if I I'm into anything they're talking about I can see I don't judge the heart I can actually see the good um but I just don't buy into and I like to make fun of and critique all of the assumptions that he makes all of the uh redefining of things and words that he does and it's he's a fun dude to make fun of I mean if he wasn't he wouldn't talk like that might be a part of the contract he's actually like talks like this and they're like Jordan if you want this billion dollar contract you need to up the register guy listen to Ben Shapiro up up it. Okay, like this? No, 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 no. Not even close. We're going to need you up. I'm talking little green puppet. You mean you mean Kermit the Frog? Yes. Kermit the Frog with a tweed sweater. Think Kermit the Frog, tweed sweater. A lot of photos, black and white. A lot of staring off. A lot of this. A lot of thinking. I think I can do that. Give it a try. Uh, uh, hello. Hello. Okay, you're good. You're getting there. You'll get it. All the way up. You You guys, thank you for the meeting. It was it's I'm so glad you gave me the coaching. I really think that this new voice is going to really send me to the stars. You know, it's like so specific. You know, when you add in that little Canadian aspect, it's really good, you know? And it's like you want to be distinct, but you want to you don't want to be over over overboard, you know? It's like you want to be heard and you want it to penetrate, but you, you also don't want to be yelling, you know? It's like It's like your life is going down in a Titanic, you know? It's like you can't see right from left or up and down, you know, your family is suffocating. Your life's in turmoil. And you don't know what kind of holes you stepped in because you don't even recognize what a hole is. Nothing means anything. You're sinking. You're in a sinking ship. The violins are playing. You're trying to find the other characters in the movie so you could at least share your last gasp of breath together. That's why I started the self-authoring group. Um, self-authoring company where you could, you could create, you could work on yourself and... And create a little bit of a hell to avoid and a little bit of heaven to strive for. Yes. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you want to support me, buy Savage Memes Volume 2 at madebyjimbob.com. Uh, and um, for those of you who got paintings... Um, I'll be taking a really funny photo of, uh, four Mao Zedongs on my wall. So I'll do that, uh, coming soon. All right. You guys have a good day. Thank you guys for, uh, for the vegans showing up. Uh, I welcome vegans. I don't argue against your, uh, your eating habits. I just argue against your moral claims. And with that, uh, we will welcome you back to share a baby lamb.
Have a good day.